Hello, my name's Frank and I'm the host of the UFO Thinker podcast. I'd always been mildly interested in UFOs, but like many people, the events of 2017 ignited a fire of curiosity for the UFO topic, which has been raging ever since. I wanted to start a podcast, but initially thought, well, I'm not an astrophysicist, I'm not a fighter pilot, and I've never even seen a UFO. I'm just a normal guy who's interested in this mystery. But that's when a light bulb went off. There are so many other people just like me who are fascinated with this stuff. So why not start a podcast to talk about it from the ordinary guy's perspective? All the BS stripped away, as a few people have said. And let's see if we can get to the truth in all of this. Thanks to everyone who's been on board with the journey so far. It's been amazing to see so many listeners tuning in. And if you're new here, welcome. You can now support the podcast on Patreon with tiers starting from £3 per month. The podcast will always be 100% free, but supporting the show in this way allows me to devote more time and make the show bigger and better. Higher tiers also include special benefits such as being able to suggest episode topics and get merchandise. And I really truly appreciate every listener whether you support on Patreon or not. So now with all of that said, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the UFO Thinker podcast. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Let's get cracking. So, uh, yeah, obviously this is going to be um, for the Patreons. This will go out a day early, so you'll actually get this on the 23rd. But for everybody else on the, the free feeds like Spotify and whatnot, you're going to be listening to this um, on the 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 Christmas Eve basically the 24th of December or, or after depending on when you listen to the the podcast so um first of all a very happy Christmas to everybody and I hope you are managing to relax a little bit over the festive season and see you know your loved ones those that are close to you and um we're gonna get straight into something that I've been kind of putting off until now purely because I wanted to get this terrible pun in which is uh, what we're going to be having a look at is the turkey UFO incident so you see what I did there it's like Christmas turkey huh? so yeah it's not a very good pun but like I say yeah, I had to do something with a bit of a Christmas theme for today's episodes so yeah, the plan basically was um, Christmas turkey, but then I sort of realised that a lot of my listeners, in fact most of my listeners, are actually American, um, and I think in America turkey's a bit more of a Thanksgiving thing, isn't it? Um, but I don't know, what, I'd be actually quite interested, what do you guys have in America for Christmas? What what do you have? Do you have like um, some different kind of roast or something? Do you even have a roast dinner? But anyway, in, in the UK, we basically have... Uh, traditionally uh, turkey uh, at Christmas and um, so yeah next year I'm actually going to join in with all the American festive dates kind of in solidarity with my listeners in the States because I, I really love America actually it's um, somewhere I've always wanted to visit um, never been um, but one day I'm definitely planning on, on coming over to the States and potentially meeting up with some some people that I've spoken to um, through the podcast as well Um and uh, you never know, one day I would love to move to the States and, and live out there on, on a, some kind of uh, ranch or something. It'd be pretty amazing. But um, definitely don't have the uh, the funds to do that at the moment. So we shall see what uh, life throws my way as time goes along. But anyway, so yeah, I don't, I don't know how Turkey relates to Christmas in the States. But like I say, in the UK, it's, it's kind of a traditional thing. Although ironically... I don't really like turkey, so I, I always have a turkey, uh, a Christmas a chicken, actually, instead of a turkey. Um, so, yeah, uh, having said all that then, let's get straight into the turkey UFO incident. Kind of a deep dive um, that, I've, that I've put together for this, because um, it's a fascinating case. 
and um, there'll be a few other bits that I'm going to talk about as well uh, after that so if you're interested in some of the bits towards the end and uh, you don't really want to listen to the turkey bit then you can check out the information in the show description um, where you can skip to the timestamp of where any particular bit begins um, and, I, and I do that because I know that these podcasts are about an hour sometimes an hour and a half long it's a long a long time and I often find myself that when I'm listening to other podcasts which I listen to UFO podcasts all the time I'm a, I'm a bit of a podcast addict and I often find myself like um, wanting to find a certain bit you know like if you go back to a podcast that you listened to a couple of weeks ago and you, you're really trying to find oh what's that bit where he talks about this or that or whatever um it's hard to do because you have to skip through and blah 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 so i thought i'd just just in case anybody has that with my podcast where you want to find a particular bit you can check the timestamps and get to the specific part and also just if there's a bit that i'm talking about that you're thinking do you know what i kind of not really interested in this bit but i really want to listen to that bit then you can do that as well so without further ado the turkey ufo incident so what is it so obviously, um, there's actually no relation to actual turkeys. Um, obviously, uh, if you're slightly aware of this case, you would know that already. It's not actually anything to do with the creature, the animal, the food, whatever you want to call it. Um, what we're actually talking about here is the country of Turkey. And between 2007 and 2009, there were multiple UFOs seen over Kumbergaz, Turkey northwest region of the country and some of them were saucer shaped some of them were cigar shaped and there was multiple reports of unusual lights in the sky as well and the ones that were caught on video are basically disc shaped it's hard to explain the actual type of shape that they are but and um, the best thing to do is, is go and check out the actual video because there's quite a significant amount of video and um, but just for anybody who's not seen the video they are like disc shaped kind of like an oval shaped it's, it's very difficult to put into words but it's it's almost like a um like a, if you imagine a, a semi-sphere, so like you've got a sphere and then you chop it in half and then you kind of flatten it. That That's kind of how I think of it, um, the one that's in the video. So it's not exactly a saucer, but I suppose it's a similar shape to a saucer. But as I say, best thing to do is just watch the video. You'll, you'll see what I mean. There's probably a better way of describing it than that, but I've not been able to figure it out. So many hours of footage were taken over the course of several months and it was reported in Turkish newspapers and TV networks and I've even heard segments on CNN and Sky News here in the UK so it really made it to the mainstream news and the the footage taken on July the 2nd 2008 in particular is, is really clear footage and shows a, a very clear image of an object that appears to be kind of like that flattened semisphere type of shape that I was mentioning earlier and like I say the best the best way to actually see what it looks like and judge for yourself is is to go and have a look and if you just google the turkey ufo incident there's a whole website devoted to it there's a whole youtube channel de dedicated to the footage that's been taken and multiple people have done stabilized versions of the footage and zoomed in versions and all different analysis of it um so it's really worth going doing a bit of digging so speaking of the footage what what is the best evidence that we're looking at with this particular case so with this uh, particular case there's actually hours of relatively high quality you know maybe not hd but very good quality footage and it basically shows this this object the semi-sphere flattened semi-sphere type of object that, that does seem to resemble some kind of craft and it appears to be metallic and it has moonlight reflecting off it and uh some people have even said that it appears to show occupants, which we're going to come back to later in quite some detail. So the main sort of witness, the primary point of where all this evidence is coming from, these videos and things, is a night guard 
uh, called Yalsin Yalman, who saw the UFO whilst on duty as as a night guard and uh, invested in a high-quality camera, which was capable of high-magnification zoom. Uh, and it was apparently fitted with an attachment which allowed him to get, um, I've read, 200 times optical zoom. Now, I'm not a camera expert or anything, but that seems like a lot. And, uh, it, you know, it seems like quite a, a vast distance that you'd be able to zoom in with that kind of attachment, which does add up when you look at the footage because the initial footage just shows a little tiny dot in the sky and when he zooms in you can see something which is you know much much clearer um footage of the actual object and um there were multiple objects observed and some of the video footage that was shot by yasin Yalman was actually filmed with other people present and he, he actually talks to some people during the footage as well uh, he talks to himself a little bit as well but the, there was cases where he wasn't he wasn't alone when he was filming uh, the footage so third parties were actually present and these videos definitely show something pretty interesting now they're worth investigating and, and you would hope that some serious investigation has taken place by you know people with expertise and it basically has happened so at first the videos were analyzed and made public by the Sirius ufo organization which is uh, directed by the researcher haktan Akdogan. uh hopefully i'm saying his name right and uh, the, the case made quite big news in turkey and, and other countries as well and kind of uh started a bit of a debate uh, amongst various members of the the turkish scientific community and specifically the national council for the study of science and technology which is tubitak uh, is the uh, the acronym for that um and they got interested in actually analyzing this original footage and i think the motivation for them getting involved was basically to prove that it was a hoax hoping that it was just going to be some kind of uh, footage that was easily provable as being dodgy footage for, for whatever reason. And the original tapes were handed to the Tubitak representatives on live TV in the headquarters. And once their actual analysis uh, was concluded, they gave an official report. And uh, here's a bit of a quote from that report. Quote, the objects observed on the images have a structure made of a specific material and are definitely not any kind of CGI animation or in any means a type of special effects used for simulation in a studio or for video effects. So the conclusion of this report is that the observations are not a model, maquette or fraud. It's concluded that the objects observed have a physical structure and are made of materials that don't belong to any category of airplanes, helicopters, meteors, Venus, Mars, satellites, artificial lights, Chinese lanterns, etc. And that it most likely fits in the category of UFOs, unidentified flying objects and of unknown origin, unquote. So... The thing is, is that obviously doesn't necessarily prove that this is, you know, an alien craft. They've not gone, right, we've zoomed in, we can see stuff that it makes it absolutely clear that this is definitely an extraterrestrial vehicle. There isn't any of that, but what it does say is that they have been able to analyse it and their conclusions are that there is no foul play, if you like. It doesn't appear to be, um, you know, a CGI-based hoax. certainly doesn't appear to be a mis misidentification of a plane or a helicopter or satellites or any of those things that I mentioned just now. Um, so that's pretty interesting to note. And more analysis was actually done by various video specialists, um, and special effects companies apparently from as far as japan russia and obviously turkey as well and most of these in fact all of these that i've been able to find um investigations basically come to the same conclusion um they can't actually say specifically what it is and it is essentially a true you know ufo it's an unidentified object which is um you know that's what that's what ufo means isn't it i think obviously there's always that danger of people thinking a ufo means that it is definitely a, an alien spacecraft but actually that's not what it is is it a ufo is an unidentified object and all of these analyses that took place 
concluded that it is unidentified. So that's interesting to note. There wasn't. It's not like half of them decided. Okay, it's definitely CGI, or oh, it looks to me like you know it's probably a boat. That wasn't the case. All of the analysis that took place by these various organisations concluded that actually, yeah, this is unidentified. We don't know what it is. So that's uh, that's that. Now, how many actual witnesses were there? Because a lot of this centres around this one guy, Yalsin Yalman. And, you know, that that's a bit of a kind of a warning sign if it's just one person. Like, if this thing's took place over years, you know, how come it's just this one guy? But actually, when you dig into it, it's not just one guy. So there were various other um, people who witnessed the, the the objects as well. And in fact, in 2009, after a UFO conference held near Istanbul, Roger Lear and uh, seven to eight other people, apparently, um, actually themselves witnessed this and observed some strange disc-shaped objects hovering in the sky under a bright moon. And uh, Roger Lear actually himself, you know, was able to witness Yalsin Yalman taking video of this object and actually looked through the viewfinder apparently as well and he roger lear actually confirmed this himself multiple times in interviews before he eventually passed away uh, rest in peace roger lear so uh, roger lear for anybody who doesn't know is a ufo uh, investigator um and um, you know credible individual so that that's an interesting point to note there as well and there's actually a couple of videos of a crowd of people actually witnessing an object in the sky around about the same time as well but it's very shaky footage and it's not particularly clear what they're actually witnessing in the sky so that's a bit inconclusive but it certainly seems to be the case that it's not just Yeltsin Yalman who actually witnessed these objects in fact actually groups of people saw them and were actually witnessing him witnessing him videoing these objects so so far this all seems very compelling so what are the best kind of skeptical explanations of what this might be because again we've got this idea here that this thing is unidentified you know obviously there's always you know a large number of people on the internet who are going to try and shoot this thing down try and figure out well not literally shoot the object down but you know shoot down the concept that it's an unidentified and they're going to try and explain it and find that explanation which is again why i think you know skeptics are extremely important to the ufo topic because you need to have somebody you know doing that in my opinion you know if you've got some some really interesting footage it's not really healthy i don't think just to go yep definitely an alien spacecraft then we need to really challenge that concept and see if it holds water so what are the best skeptical explanations well it can't really be a reflection i've heard some people mention oh it's a reflection of something like a ship or you know can't really be a reflection doesn't make a lot of sense and even when you look on websites like um metabunk and um you know the various other skeptic skeptical websites where people debate about what what the actual explanation could be most of the people on there have actually even dismissed the concept of a reflection so we can rule out a reflection because basically as you as he zooms in which during the footage you can clearly see he zooms in zooms back out again zooms back in some cases he zooms in on the moon zooms back out zooms back in on the craft I call it a craft, you know, obviously it's an alleged craft, supposed craft, but that's a bit long to say every time. So, but when, when he zooms in, the reflection doesn't change. And you would think that if there, if it was some kind of a lens flare or some kind of reflection on the, on the, uh, the, the, you know, the glass on, then it would actually change accordingly as you zoom in and out. But there is no change to the, the object and it, the, the actual way that the object appears in the footage is consistent with not being lens flare or a reflection and as i say there's pretty much wide you know agreement on that um, even amongst skeptics could it potentially be a bird or an aircraft one of uh, mick west's famous seagulls uh, no no 
Definitely not, because it, it doesn't move. It just hangs there in the air for hours, uh, it seems. And there's no bird that I know of that can just, you know, that's that big that looks anything like that, that that would float in the air. Same with an aircraft. I mean, I can't think of an aircraft that would just float there like that. It certainly doesn't seem to have any um, visible propulsion system as far as we understand it. There's no blades, so it can't be a helicopter. Um, it, it just doesn't really stack up to be anything like an aircraft that we know of now there's not really many other explanations for it other than the cruise ship uh, concept so when i first heard about this case i was actually quite convinced by the cruise ship explanation so the, on metabunk there is um a number of people who have, have gone down the route of, of explaining this as um a, a misidentification of a cruise ship and you know, on a first glance, which is basically all I'd done at, uh, at the point when I sort of accepted that it was, oh, it probably is a cruise ship. Then there's a there's a quite a, a cool graphic that somebody has done of a cruise ship with the um, the object kind of like layered over the top of the front part of a cruise ship. Now I'm not exactly an expert on cruise ships, but if you imagine looking at the front of a cruise ship. Um, there's kind of a ring, like a, how would you describe it? Like a semicircle almost of lights that goes round the very front of the ship. And if you've ever been on a, a ferry or a cruise ship, often there's a restaurant in there and you can sit there and as you're eating your food, you can watch out and you're looking directly out the front window of, of the, the ship, essentially. And the explanation um, involving a cruise ship basically suggests that that sort of like ring of lights, the kind of like semicircle of lights around the front end of the cruise ship would be um, misidentified at a long distance, and that's what this may have been. But as I say, you know, I, I actually did dismiss it off that, that image alone, you know, which having looked into it deeper it is kind of reminding me of the value of a proper deep dive you know which i've been doing over the last week or so um, and and to be fair to myself i did say that you know look i've not done a deep dive on this way i spoke about um uh, the the turkey ufo incident briefly with uh, chris leto when he was on the show and i was aware of it but hadn't done that deep dive so i was kind of unwilling to really go into any opinions on it because unless you've done a deep dive you can't really you know you, you can't definitively have a, a well-formed opinion and uh, as i say i'd seen the cruise ship thing i'd seen the video and thought eh, that could be it and then just left it at that but now having done the deep dive i think it's the uh, the cruise ship thing's actually slightly lazy debunking when you really look into it and i'll go into the reasons for that now so chris uh Chris Leto, as I just mentioned, on his YouTube channel, he's actually done a fantastic analysis of this Turkey UFO incident. And as I said, we talked about it when he was a guest on my podcast recently. And if you've not listened to that episode, by the way, really, uh, really interesting chat that we had. So worth going back, checking that out. Um, but it was great to see Chris actually go ahead and include the cruise ship element in his analysis. Um so for the best bigger picture, go and check out that video on Chris's channel. If you just type in Chris Leto into YouTube, you'll find him and you can go back and find the Turkey uh, UFO um, video that he did. Um, it's very interesting because Chris is actually um, you know, a former F-16 pilot and he actually served in Turkey at an airbase fairly close to where all of this actually happened. And funnily enough, he actually speaks a little bit of Turkish as well um, from having that experience of having lived in the country for a while. So it was really interesting to see him actually reading through some of the Turkish newspaper clippings in Turkish and translating it. But a lot of the science behind what I'm about to go into is a little bit over my head. Um, yeah, it's very technical, and obviously Chris being a former fighter pilot, he's got all of these calculations he can do about distances and ratios of things uh, to try and figure out you know, uh, how big the craft is and how far away it may be and so on. Um, but you know that's why I reach out to people like Chris and we've been talking behind the scenes this last couple of weeks about this and uh, trying to figure out some more uh, clarity on you know distances and things like that I always think it's you know it's really you can't be a master of everything and 
when I was kind of like renovating the house that I'm living in, you know, there's a certain amount of stuff you can do yourself, but then I always use this analogy of like, if you want really nice plastering in your house, you go to a plasterer, you know, you don't have a, have a crack at doing the electrics because you're probably going to blow your own head off. So when it comes to something that's outside of your area of expertise, the best thing to do is consult someone who's put the hours in, who's an expert and Chris is an expert in, in that regard. So it was great to be able to tap into his knowledge a little bit there. So the first point uh, that, that Chris made is essentially if you actually look at where the moon is in the video footage, first of all, that actually confirms due to the moon phase and the time and date that, you know, that the video was taken on, that the, the actual um, moon phase itself and the angle of where the moon is in the sky actually does confirm that the video was taken on the date shown by the camera. And secondly, if you analyse the height of the moon compared to where the horizon would be calculated from the point where the actual video was taken from, what you can then do is you can calculate the height of the moon, where the horizon would be and where the actual object is in relation to the moon and the horizon, which would be the surface of the ocean. And when you actually calculate that, the object is actually much higher in the sky than what a cruise ship could possibly be. So we'll be talking about a cruise ship that would be hovering in midair. That's the only way that you could have this particular light, um, you know, being, being a cruise ship. It just doesn't add up when you actually look at it. Also, um, worth mentioning is that one of the comments on Chris's YouTube video is from a gentleman who claims to be a former captain of a cruise ship and he says that the lights don't make sense to be a cruise ship based on his expertise. Now this is obviously just somebody commenting on YouTube so it may or may not be legit but I just thought it was worth mentioning. It's definitely not the clearest of, of information there, but you know when you're reading through the threads, it does appear that this person is is genuine and they do have expertise in that area. So I did think that was worth mentioning. So there's a possibility there that the actual the cruise ship explanation might not make sense from the point of view of the lights. It doesn't make sense from the point of view of where the, actually the, the lights are or, or the object is in the sky in relation to the moon and the horizon. And also, a sort of final nail in the coffin is that multiple people have actually been through the, the shipping data and the, the shipping traffic information for the times when the video was taken. And it actually doesn't add up because there isn't a cruise ship in that location at that point. You can actually go and find online. Um, people have actually done this analysis where you, you can actually see plotted onto a map during the times when the video was taken where all of the cruise ships are in that area. And there wasn't any cruise ships in the location that he would have been filming. So unless it's some kind of stealth cruise ship that's just crept through and then floated in the sky, the, the cruise ship concept doesn't really add up very well this point as you can see so moving on then to um something i was talking about with chris is the trying to estimate the actual size of this craft because i was thinking all right great we've got this unidentified object we've now you know gone through a lot of the explanations as to what it could be we're not coming up with many results so why don't we try and figure out how big the thing is so first point here is that there are some quite severe limiting factors as to how accurate we can actually be with estimating the size. So unfortunately, we can't really say, right, this definitely was this big, but we can still look into it and make some, some observations based on the information we do have. So um, like I say, Chris pointed out that multiple angles would have been much better. Um, if we had more things in reference, in, in shot for reference, that would have been better. Um, but based on what we do have um, in Chris's video, he estimates the size of the object to be approximately 250 to 500 feet across if it's 10 to 20 miles away. He did say that if the object is closer, like approximately 5 miles away, then it could be up around about 100 feet in diameter. So Chris mentioned that he's, he thinks it's probably most likely that it's about 10, 10 miles away. Um, if that's the case, we are looking at something of significant size. You're looking at something there that's around about 250 feet in diameter, according to um, that estimate. Now, obviously, we don't know for sure, but that appears to be some kind of a fairly large object. And 
Um, we'll come back to the size of the object in a little bit when I start to talk about the occupant side of things and, and go into that in a bit more detail. But let's just look at the, the other explanation for this then, which is a hoax. Because there is the possibility there, I hate to say it, but you know there is always that chance that this is just an elaborate hoax. But at this point, it's a bit difficult to say exactly what it is, but we do have to keep on the table the unfortunate you know, possibility that, that it could be a hoax. But, I mean, to be honest, I think at this stage it seems like if it is a hoax, it's an incredible hoax because the amount of detail that would have had to go in to essentially make the video so convincing that all of these various scientific organizations and, and, and video analysts have been you know unable to come up with an explanation as to what it is. I don't know how you would go about hoaxing something like that. I mean, I, I would say in terms of a conclusion as best I can for right now, this thing is actually an unidentified flying object or an unidentified object or UAP, however you want to refer to it. But that doesn't mean that it is definitely an alien craft because as much as I would like it to be, you know, the video is, is fascinating, but we can't say for sure what, what it is. Unfortunately, there are no significant observables apart from possibly anti-gravity because the object appears to be able to hover in mid-air for long periods of time. But there's no sort of like instantaneous acceleration, no stopping on a dime, no instant changes of direction. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I find it very interesting footage, but, you know, at the end of the day, if you were going to hoax something, it would be a lot easier to hoax an object that just floats in the air it'd be very, very difficult to, to to actually create something where there is instantaneous acceleration and so on. So you could look at that as a possible, you know, hint that maybe it is a hoax. I, I'm not saying that's what I think, but, you know, the, that, that does remain there. You, you know, there's no hiding from it. That, that This object doesn't just shoot off, you know. There isn't any instant changes of direction. And the observables are not necessarily there apart from the um, the fact that it, that it hovers. It does appear to be able to have some kind of... The only explanation I can have as to how it would hover there, if it is indeed a physical object, is that it must have some kind of anti-gravity. Um, but... Yeah, as I say, we can't really say for sure that it is a hoax, just as we can't say we know what it is. We, we can't say for sure that it's a hoax. I don't think there's enough there to point to that, and there's people a lot more knowledgeable on things like video editing and, and video analysis than myself who haven't been able to conclude that it's a hoax. So can you say it's a hoax? No. Is there a few things there that point towards it being a hoax? Yes. But there's also a few things that point towards it being an extraterrestrial vehicle. You know, but you can't say for sure that it's that either. It's a very interesting, mysterious case, that's for sure. But, you know, as I say, the best thing to do really is just to check out a lot more analysis on it, watch the video and make up your own mind, really. Um, you know, that that's the, the best thing uh, I could suggest that you do. And uh, if you've got a bit of time during your Christmas break and you've not already heard of this case, um, then I would definitely recommend you go check out the video. And if you have uh, heard the case hopefully this this kind of um narration here that i've that i've done has you know has been interesting perhaps get a different viewpoint and um, because it's always good to revisit cases even if you knew about them a lot already as i mentioned earlier the more analysis we do on these things the more likely we are to uncover a little nugget of information that we weren't aware of so yeah anyway hopefully it's been interesting to go through that um and now the next point and this is quite an interesting one are there actually occupants visible? And is this the occupants video that Lou hinted at? So one of the things about this video is that many have claimed to be able to see something resembling occupants. When you zoom right in, you can see something that sort of resembles two figures with large heads that sort of do look a bit like the typical grey alien. And... This shot was actually used in a few documentaries, including the J.J. Uh, Abrams ones uh, that were out recently, the four-part series, which is, uh, um, you know, had a bit of a mixed reception from the UFO community. But the first couple of episodes I thought were quite good, and um, the third and the fourth one just went off a cliff. Um, but the 
that particular documentary did actually use the shot where it zooms in and appears to show these occupants. Uh, and also, as I mentioned earlier, I think, uh, Lou Elizondo has hinted at the existence of footage which appears to show some kind of occupancy, as, as Lou puts it. Now, it isn't clear that he's referring to this footage, though, and we'll come back to that in a little bit. The thing about the supposed occupants that struck me straight away is the size of the occupants relative to the, the, the craft. To me, it just doesn't seem right. I mean, I mean, one of them, if we are actually looking at some kind of extraterrestrial vehicle, there may be a lot of things about it that don't seem right, and I'm definitely not an aviation expert, but it's just my gut feeling is that if there's an advanced craft from, you know, wherever it's from... Um, it just doesn't necessarily seem right that they'd have a little window or a little opening in the top so they could peer out. You know, why would they do that, you know? I suppose why would they hover over the ocean for hours at a time and allow themselves to be filmed as well, though, is, is, a, is a, another legitimate question. But it just looking at it, you know, why would you have this kind of unbelievably advanced craft that just has a little opening in the top for two figures to sit in and look out? It... it something about that it just doesn't hit right um you know but you know like i said i do accept that there may be reasons for that which i have no idea about you know but like i say i thought it was worth mentioning it straight away my initial kind of gut feeling was ah, that doesn't seem right but let's properly dig into the occupant size relative to the craft because that's something that we can actually attempt to calculate and again this is where chris was actually really helpful this was the thing that we spoke about the most and it was again great to be able to tap into his expertise in that area so the gray aliens if that's what they are you know they have been reported in the vast majority of abduction and eyewitness accounts as being either human size or smaller so often they're even child-sized, you know, or some of them are slightly taller than humans as well. And I think the most common uh, reports of extraterrestrial beings is either small greys, which are slightly smaller than humans, or there's also the tall greys, which are slightly taller than humans. But I haven't personally heard of any accounts of abductions or, or, or things like that, sightings of enormous, like, 20-foot-high aliens, for example. But that obviously still remains a possibility. But, you know, they could be 100 feet tall at the end of the day, or they could be tiny, like 100 millimetres tall. We just don't have a clue. But I would say, based on, you know, the evidence that's available, the data that's out there about people's experiences, is that the majority of eyewitnesses report smaller-than-human um, grey aliens, or at least around human size. So you can actually calculate the ratio of the size of these occupants relative to the size of the craft. Uh, and this comes out, according to Chris, at a ratio of around 2 to 15. Now, Chris says in his video, as I mentioned earlier, which we'll go into a bit more detail on now, that the, if the craft is 5 miles away, it is approximately 100 feet across. Okay, if it's 10 miles away, it's approximately 250 feet across. And if it's 20 miles away, it's approximately 500 feet across. Now, we don't know the distance, but if it is 5 miles away, it's 100 feet across and so on. In order for the occupants to be roughly human-sized, going off that ratio of how big the actual occupants appear to be relative to the size of the craft... In order for them to be approximately two meters tall like a human, the craft would have to be 2.15 miles away, and that would make it 56 feet long. So 56 feet doesn't seem like an unreasonable um, size for, for that craft. You know, you would think, Man, okay, 56 feet is quite big. You could definitely have a craft of that size. But the problem here is that the object doesn't appear to be only two miles away. I mean two miles is not that far when you consider that you know the actual object is just a tiny dot almost invisible to the naked eye um, if the distance actually is around 10 miles away as chris mentioned is possibly you know the most likely then that would mean that the occupants you know are much bigger than a human you know 2.15 miles away would have to be multiplied by about five 
to get to 10 miles so roughly you know multiplied by five times so if that's the case then going off the ratios the size of the occupant would also have to be multiplied by five which comes in at about 10 meters so we're either looking at some pretty big dudes in, in this craft or these are not alien occupants so there are you know some other ways to look at this you know there have been talk you know of giant humans living here on the earth you know the the nephilim you know mentioned in the book of enoch um ancient giants with superhuman abilities and a lifespan of almost a thousand years you know what if these ancient species did exist and they were driven underground by some ancient cataclysm and occasionally pop up in a craft to complete one objective or another you know i'm not saying that that's what it is but it's interesting to consider you know also there is still the possibility of some huge robotic entities perhaps if an advanced species did actually travel the stars maybe they create robots you know we as humans we create robots in our image so what if then an advanced race actually was able to create a huge 10 meter tall robotic version of themselves which pilot the craft on their behalf and it would stand to reason that they, they may make tiny robots, you know, human-sized robots and maybe giant robots. So maybe that would explain how these occupants are apparently so so huge. But, you know, of course, the, the, that's a, a, a bit of a going down the rabbit hole of speculation. But the other way to look at this is that they're just not actually occupants after all. And it's the classic thing that humans do of finding a pattern in the chaos. You know, maybe we're looking at a hoax here. You know, maybe it is a hoax and the occupants were added as a little bit of extra spice, which might have been a step too far because actually when you look at the ratio, it doesn't add up and make sense, you know. Maybe it's some kind of atmospheric phenomenon. And if that is the case, then, you know, it, it could just be, it just, just so happens to look a little bit like an alien head, but it's not. It's something completely unrelated. But I would say then, as as a, you know, a final conclusion is that, in my opinion, it's a true UFO. All of those different things that I've just mentioned, you know, whether the, the skeptical explanations or the more fanciful, um, you know, alien being type speculation, none of those are provable. They're all interesting to ponder, but this is a true UFO. When it actually comes to the occupants, I would say, personally, it, my gut feeling is that they're probably not occupants. Um, if they are, they would be very, very big and not necessarily the type of size that you would expect to see based on the abduction reports and eyewitness accounts of anybody over the years who has seen uh, supposed uh, you know, extraterrestrial beings. If we're going off uh, Chris's um, estimation that the thing is round about 5 to 10 miles away, then these beings, according to the ratios, if you do the calculation, they would be... Say, for example, if they're about five miles away, you'd be looking at about five meters tall, you know, and if they're 10 miles away, you'd be looking at 10 meters tall, approximate, obviously, all of this. But still, you know, the thing, in order for it to make sense with the distances, with the ratio, the craft would have to be 2.15 miles away, and that would make the overall craft 56 feet long. So it all comes down to, is that thing likely to be 2.15 miles away? I think it's probably not. I think it's probably further away. And if that is the case, then you'd be looking at some pretty enormous beings. So I think the chances that they actually are beings is slim. So there aren't any definitive skeptical explanations. On the other hand, there are no instant accelerations, no observables present, you know, other than the fact that it hovers, which may suggest that it could be anti-gravity. But you could also say that the lack of movement could suggest that it is more likely to be a hoax or some kind of prosaic explanation. But for me, though, just to finally conclude on this, at this point, it's a true unknown. I have no idea what this is. It's really fascinating. You know, and I don't know how much more could come out about this case, really. I mean, we've got you know, all avenues have been explored and there's no one answer that makes complete sense. All I can say is that it's truly fascinating, really interesting. Um, you know, we, it's a true unknown. It's an unidentified 
flying object and it's definitely worth checking out so if you've if you've not uh, heard of it before go check it out and if you have heard of it before hopefully you found all of this interesting as i said earlier on if you can think of anything that i may have missed during this as well um, or if you just want to share your thoughts get in touch i'm on twitter at ufo thinker and send me an email ufo thinker at hotmail.com it's always great to hear from people as i say all the time on the podcast it's one of them where um you know i'm sat in a little spare room in my house talking into a microphone sometimes you know it's a bit of a surreal thing that people actually listen because i just put these episodes out and you know <laughs> i get these emails now and again from my um podcasting hosting account thing it says you've had so many thousand listens per week and i'm like what really so it, it never i never quite believe the numbers of like you know like really like that many thousand people listen to the episodes bizarre and uh, but then i get emails from people and it's like ah oh, okay so there is actually real people out there listening so um yeah if you if you uh, want to add anything to the conversation give us a shout on twitter or send me an email it's, it's always great to to hear that there's actually real people out there listening to the show so um and thanks to everybody who's already been in touch now just to finally finish off uh, on that in terms of whether Lou Elizondo is referring to this video or not because I'm sure you know there'd be some people who heard me mention that earlier and you're thinking like why is he not going back into that so let's get back into that so first of all for anybody who's not aware Lou Elizondo had mentioned on the uh, Theories of Everything podcast I believe it was um, that there is video that appears to show some kind of occupancy now that doesn't necessarily mean that this video is that footage it may just be that Lou has seen some other footage during his work for ATIP you know or any other work that he's done in shadowy departments within the pentagon or whatever or maybe he's just heard that there is footage that shows occupancy this is the problem you know unfortunately we can't really know what lou is referring to i've mentioned this on the podcast recently as well that lou elizondo's kind of breadcrumb approach you know i've heard people describe it as he walks all the way up to the line of breaking his nda but doesn't actually break it you know it's a blessing and a curse because as much as i always tune in whenever there's a new lou elizondo interview or at least most of them because he's done a hell of a lot recently the, the new breadcrumbs can sometimes be a little bit difficult to filter out the facts from the speculation you know i for one would be pretty disappointed if this is the video that he's talking about that shows occupancy because as i mentioned when you actually look at the calculations and things like that it's, it's very inconclusive as to whether it even is occupancy and if it is you know it they would it, it seems to not suggest that it's occupants that we know of basically when you look at it the size of, of the occupants etc um you know it, it, i'd be a bit disappointed if this is the video he's talking about i'm hoping that there is other footage out there that lou elizondo is aware of or he's personally seen that shows occupancy if and if this is the one it'll be a bit of a shame but this is the problem we just don't know he could be talking about the turkey ufo it could be like i mentioned earlier it could be that there are literally 10 meter tall aliens that pilot extraterrestrial craft you know they have a little window in the top and your 10 meter aliens sit in that window and uh, you know the 10 meter robots created by the aliens and those robots drive the craft telepathically on behalf of other aliens that are inside the rest of the craft who knows you know it, it could be anything but as i say i would hope that there is other footage out there that lou elizondo's referring to but it's the old frustrating thing isn't it of of the breadcrumb is fascinating but you don't get the full story so we just don't know at this stage whether or not we will know at some point down the line um you know who knows it, it could be that lou elizondo as part of ATIP or as part of some other um program that he's been involved in looked into the turkey ufo incident and found out that actually it is legit and it's been verified for perhaps there's some other footage that was that was uh, taken by i don't know a satellite or you know a drone or something and um, we know that the americans and the turkish have a lot of cooperation what if there was some kind of because we know that this object was there in the sky for year on year it was there a lot what if the 
some kind of department within the American government, within the military, actually sent a drone out from one of these American air bases in Turkey, took actual footage, you know, from, from quite close up of this actual craft. You know, that's worth thinking about, isn't it? Maybe that is the footage that Luella Zondo's talking about. But again, it's a maybe, isn't it? Like, maybe the footage is just the actual footage that we've all seen on YouTube. But we just don't know. So anyway, I think that's enough about the Turkey UFO. So hope you enjoyed that. But we're going to get on to a couple of other little bits and bobs as well. So first of all, a few little count your blessings type of things. I thought I'd leave this till after the Turkey UFO analysis, just in case people aren't that interested in this bit. But just a few things about me and the year that I've had. Uh, as you may know, my daughter was born in October and... Um, my wife had you know certain complications with our first child and uh, that was three years ago almost now and i've been uh, quite worried about you know the my second daughter being born really ever since that we we had my first daughter so uh you know because of the complications that we had uh, with the first time uh, everything was absolutely fine my, my little girl is is perfectly healthy and my wife recovered okay in the end um but we were worried that we we knew that we wanted to have another child and uh, we knew that we there's a, a quite high likelihood of more complications and obviously in the end uh, you know we, we got pregnant again and it turned out that there were the same complications um and uh you know, in the end, it, it finally happened, and as expected, there were some complications, but I'm just so thankful that my little girl, both my little girls are very well and healthy, my wife has now fully recovered without any lingering issues, and for that I am truly, truly grateful. You know, a little count your blessings moment there, because, you know, it's been it's been a tough year or a couple of years really of, of anticipation of, of this thing happening and i'm just so glad that everything went okay and that everything is is all right um it's been quite a ride and and perhaps you know one of the reasons i even started this podcast really was to kind of take my mind off the fact that this was coming because my wife was actually pregnant already by the time we i started the podcast and the podcast started in the summer and uh it's, it's, it's really done, you know, pretty well. You know, I, I don't focus on numbers and stuff. I don't talk about all that. And I don't really uh, I don't really like to sort of do the whole like and share and retweet thing and all the rest of it. But safe to say that there are quite a few listeners now, you know, which is amazing. You know, it's like I've said before, if people didn't listen, it'd just be me talking to myself in the spare room at my house. So, you know, it's been great. I've interviewed some people I never thought I'd even get the chance to speak to. And you should see my inbox because it is full of, you know, fascinating conversations with people who are sort of like ex-Intel people and some current, you know, Intel people and professors and doctors, you know, and real experts from all over the world. And I really don't know how all this happened, but, you know, I think people just see that I'm really trying to get to the bottom of this mystery as they are. You know, and they take the time out of the days to actually respond. You know, when I get reach out to them, and it's it's quite hilarious, really. I, I pick up my daughter from nursery, and then five minutes later, I'm chatting to one of the leading scientists in the world about extraterrestrial propulsion systems via email. <laughs> it's been uh, quite a ride this year. Um, so I'm not going to do shout outs to everybody because I'm too worried i'll miss somebody there's a lot of people that i probably should include in a shout out and i'd be here for about half an hour so but look if you've emailed or messaged or just responded to tweets thank you thank you and even the skeptics i've debated you know the hardcore love and light people that i've debated on twitter i've I found myself embroiled in a few uh, pretty lengthy um, threads uh, over, over the last six months and um, you know even to those thank you because look at the end of the day we're all interested in the same mystery here. You know, we're just coming at it from different angles. I mean, yeah, there's always going to be some debunkers. There's always going to be some, you know, people out there who just claim that every little dust particle in a photograph is an orb and all the rest of it. I'm not going to agree with everybody, but, you know, even the people that I don't agree with, we are all interested essentially in the same mystery. You might be coming at it from a hardcore believer point of view. You might be coming at it from a hardcore skeptic point of view. But look, you know, we're all interested in getting to the bottom of this thing. And that is, you know, 
we've got more in common than we've that we've got differences you know at the end of the day so having said that i'm not going to give shout outs i just want to give a special shout out to andy from that ufo podcast and i'm sure he doesn't listen to this because he's got a lot of uh, things to do uh, himself um with his own podcast and all the various things that he's doing with that but yeah just a uh, big up andy from that ufo podcast because he's a uh, a great guy i mean he's just been so cool to me ever since i came on the scene i remember when i did my first episode he retweeted it um and you know said give me a shout and said look if you ever want the first guest on the show i'll come on and i was just like blown away really because you know technically i'm kind of you know competition i suppose for andy you know i'm another ufo podcast you wouldn't think somebody would be that cool with you and um, but he was you know just andy's just a great guy and uh, i met him in person at the um ufo minicom and uh you know obviously was a guest on the podcast as well going all the way back to my first ever interview and uh yeah just a big thanks to andy uh, from from the fantastic that ufo podcast but um i'll just finish off with a little bit of thoughts about the phenomenon and christmas in general so a few people including tom delonge have sort of speculated that the star of of bethlehem may not actually be a star you know we may be looking at an actual alien spacecraft and is there a possibility that the baby jesus was a hybrid alien human hybrid and would that explain why there was no uh you know there was the immaculate conception and so on but look i don't want to tread on anybody's religious beliefs because look I, I myself was raised catholic i come from a traditional irish family and very very strict uh, catholics and my, my nan sort of like clutches the rosary beads everywhere she went um you know and that kind of thing and um but just so yeah I'm, I'm definitely not trying to disrespect anybody's religious beliefs here but just imagine for a second what the story of jesus actually represents somebody who comes into our world the planet earth you know free from a lot of the biases the built-in you know biases of our culture our society whether that person is the son of god or some kind of alien life form just think of the point of view that they would have they'd be here as an outsider you know an objective observer with no skin in the game so to speak the way they would look at the behavior of humans would be you know quite interesting for us to take on board because it allows us to take a long hard look at ourselves and see the bigger picture you know sometimes i think we do well to look at that bigger picture you know if you were an alien traveling here on a flying disc you know like literally the nuts and bolts extraterrestrial type alien and you arrived here on a flying disc in 2022 what would you think of us as a human race you know th there's some absolutely amazing things that take place every single day on this planet and there are some absolutely horrible things as well some things that would make you weep with joy you know and some things that would make you weep with despair you know and i do think that 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 outside perspective is essentially kind of the message of the bible you know having been brought up going to a catholic church that's kind of what i took away from it you know it, it's easy to get caught up in the politics of of, a, of the time you live in but what remains constant all the time is that that concept of good and evil you know right and wrong there are some things that you just instinctively know are right or wrong depending on what it is and and you know at the end of the day I think if we all have a bit of that bigger picture perspective, the world might be a slightly better place at the end of it. You know, can you imagine if every single person just slightly considered that outside perspective as humans, are we behaving in a way that we are proud of or are there things that we can do better? The way we treat each other, the way we treat the planet and the natural world, this paradise that we find ourselves in, you know, the way we treat the animals that we share this paradise with i think if there are good things about religion it's that outside perspective this concept of a god looking down on us judging our acts individually and how that all adds up as, as a human race you know you could think of a non-intel a non-human intelligence the same way you know a non-human intelligence most likely far superior than ourselves how would they see us 
would would we be proud of ourselves based on the way that they perceive us as a human race if not what can we do to be better you know but anyway that ladies and gentlemen is the thought that i would like to leave you with (laughs) so i'd just like to wish every single listener a very happy christmas i hope you get to see those people who are important to you i hope you have a break some time to relax and eat some nice food and drink some nice beverages during the festive season uh, thank you to everybody who's listened to the podcast uh, this year and um, thank you for all the support especially big thank you to the people who support on patreon because you are literally keeping the show running Uh, and um, yeah happy christmas one and all hope you have a great time Uh, and until next time stay curious take it easy and i'll catch you in the next episode you have broken podcast